0: How you guys doing? Everybody good? I'm honored to get to share with you this morning. You know, it's interesting. It's it's very humbling when you think about the people that have come through this platform and and this uh, and and preached here. You know, Casey Treat, Cheon, Rod Parsley, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Joel some big shoes to fill, and I only wear a size nine, but, uh, but I'm excited about what God is doing in our lives. And, and I want to tell you, you know, it's interesting because how many of you watch the news? How many of you listen to the news? You know, it's easy to get bugged by things of the world and the state of our nation, the state of the world, the state of the, the, uh, the racial tensions, the things that we're hearing about. And I was, I was thinking that a few weeks ago, thinking about that, and, and the Lord reminded me of something. He said that his power sustains this generation. And, and as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, we've got a choice. To make, Because if all you listen to is the junk that's going on on TV and on the news, and, and, and that's all you ever pay attention to, you would think, boy, this world is in trouble. This nation is in trouble. It's easy to get depressed, easy to get down and, and, and begin to recite all of the negativity in the world. But I'll tell you something. There's good news. See, that's the the best part of what we believe. As Christians, Jesus said, preach the good news. He didn't say preach the bad news. And and so, you know, I think it's interesting that, that we as Christians are called to do something counter to the world. Amen? So, I want to share with you a few things this morning that hopefully will brighten your day. Amen? By the way, wasn't worship, like, did you feel like you were like at a concert when they were, the fenders are going off in here? And I mean guitars, not cars. And uh, it was pretty cool. We've got some talent. Amen? Here's what, here's what the Bible says, though, about all this stuff. Because God set us apart. Do you believe that? You're actually set apart. Do you ever think that on your way to work, do you ever think I'm set apart? When things are going rough, can you ever stop during the time that it's going rough and say to yourself, I'm set apart? You know you've been called out. The Bible says this, and this is this is incredible. So when you're listening to the news tomorrow, listen to this. Play this back in your head. Be anxious for nothing. That's a good idea. But in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In other words, don't worry about stuff. Pray about stuff. It's that simple. And then he says this, and the peace of God. How many of you want the peace of God? Come on, that's a peace that surpasses all understanding. When I was a kid, I learned that verse, I would throw in the word knowledge, all knowledge and understanding. Then someone said, you know, it's not what it really says. Yes, it is. I was convinced that's what it said. And I thought later on, well, it should say that. If I was helping write it, I would have written that in there. It flows really well. And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge and understanding, doesn't that flow well? will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Then in 1 Thessalonians, it says this. It says, but you, brethren and sistren, for those of you that are King james okay, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and daughters of light. Sons of the day, daughters of the day. Jesus said, he is the light of the world. We are sons of light, sons of the day. Amen? And then it says, therefore, so because of the fact that you're a son or a daughter of the light, therefore, don't get caught sleeping, as others do, but be watchful and sober. Come on. We've got a call on our lives that when the world's going crazy, we're to pull back and focus on God and focus on what he's got going on in this world. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to think that everything's falling apart and that we're in trouble. We're in trouble as a nation. We're in trouble as a world. All of these things. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. So I pulled up a couple things because it's hard to find good news. Did you know that for every one good news story, there are 17 negative. That's what studies have shown. 17 to 1. There aren't, that, there aren't 17 stories in a half-hour newscast. So you have to watch for multiple days to get one good story. So I found some for you. Do you like it when other people do your work? It's always good. So I want to give you a couple things. The first one is this. Did you know that in Iran, that's a different country, okay? And it's not like exercise. It's not Iran. It's Iran. Okay? That, you know, Saeed Abedini was arrested. Anybody know that name? He was arrested many years ago as a pastor. And what happened was that, that all the congregants, they had to go underground. And new leadership rose up. And do you know that in Iran, the biggest church is an internet church? In 2004, there were approximately 100,000 Christians in Iran. Today, 3 million. Come on, you don't know that because CNN's not reporting that one. They're probably not going to cover that, just so you know. When you turn on tonight, night, don't expect... You know, internet church blows up to three million people. Probably not going to happen tonight. Okay? And he said that they, I was reading one report and they said that, that many of the, the conversions are happening because people have dreams and visions of Jesus Christ. They're having Damascus Road experiences and coming to know the Lord. Come on. And someone's there on the Internet. They're finding this Internet church, and they're blowing the place up. Come on. You, I don't know. if Did anyone know that? Let me tell you another one. In Burlington, North Carolina, okay, that's, a, that's not another country, but it would feel like it if you went there. Just, just saying. I lived in the South. I know these things. And I have a sister listening to our podcast in Tennessee that was not intended to be offensive, you know. They are in the Bible Belt. My dad used to whip me with one of those Bible Belts. I know what that's like. Chris, you're going to need to learn that one, okay? Just right on the belt, Bible Belt. That's all you got to do. But I want, you to, I want you to hear something. Mother's Day of this year in Burlington, the Burlington Baptist Church had a revival that weekend, That's pretty cool, Mother's Day. Bring some people in, get them saved. They're entering into about their 11th week of this revival right now. Crazy stuff. Do you have that picture, Michael? No picture. I want you to know something, though, that on Facebook, if you go to Burlington Revival on Facebook, you can like their page and get updates. Friday night, they had 103 conversions. They've been having thousands of people in attendance at this revival for nearly 12 weeks now, every night. Another news story you're probably not going to hear on CNN or Fox, you know? But, you know, here's, here's the thing about the media. I was, when I was in school, I wanted to be a journalist. That was like my goal. And, um, and they taught us, you know, that, that, you know, basically if it bleeds, it leads, that was the attitude, and that's, the, and that's true today, you know. But, but we didn't go out and dig up good news stories. And, and see here, let me, let me ask you this. If every night on the news for half an hour or one hour, all we heard about was the good things that were happening in the world, what do you think it would produce? More good things happening in the world. In New York City, there's a a guy that has an ice cream truck, and he runs around in the Bronx selling ice creams for a dollar a bar. And he was kind of bumming because when he would approach some of these neighborhoods, the kids couldn't afford the ice cream. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to turn this negative into a positive. And he would ask them a question about math or a question about science or a question about something, and they would answer it. And if they got it right, he gave them a free ice cream bar people began to hear about this ice cream dude. And so they started sending money to him to keep the thing going. And so now he's able to do it and he's not harmed financially and he's sowing into the lives of these kids. Again, I don't know that I've heard of that story on one of the news stations. You know, here's another one. Lisa Turkrist, anybody know her? Know of her? Proverbs 31 ministry. Okay? She had colon cancer. She was expecting to die. They went in to do surgery, and they removed half of her colon. And when the doctor came back out with the report, he said, I don't like to use the word miracle, but, but I got to tell you, you've had a miracle. You've been healed. You're cured. What an amazing accomplishment. Here's what she said about it. She said, I have I've recognized that I've got 16 staples in my stomach, and I have a complete refocus on just how precious every second of every day truly is. And she says, might we all dare to whisper it's a gift to God, that when the baby's crying and the deadlines are pressing and the stress is mounting and the enemy whispers, just get through this crappy day. Anybody felt that way? She says, look up and shame the enemy back to hell by acknowledging that today is a gift. A gift from a good, good father. And then look and seek and dive deeply into the gift that your day is. Come on. Come on. Think about that. I know what it's like to get a second chance at some things. And I'm often reminded that God is there. Not only is he there, but he's there to sustain my life. See, the very first name that God was given was Elohim. The very word, the root word, El, in the Hebrew, power. God is power. That's the first name of God, is power. And what's amazing is that his power is sustaining. And when you think about the word sustain, it means this, it says, to supply with necessities or nourishment. Remember that word, nourishment. I'm going to talk about that in a bit. It says to bear up, to withstand, to affirm, to validate. How many of you could use some validation in your life at times? Well, you've got it. You've got a good, good father who believes in you. He validates you every single day. I recall a Friday many years ago, and I, I've told this story before, but it's worth telling again. I recall this Friday many years ago. It had been one of those weeks where it was full of challenges, difficulties. I'm the president of a property management company, and you know you can only imagine some of the things that we that we have come up. And it said that 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 day my dad called, and I was busy, and I. You know, it's too busy and I didn't take the call. And it you know, looking back on it all these years, he passed away about six years ago, and now I wish boy, I wish I'd taken that call that day. But but he left me a voicemail which was pretty out of character for my dad. He would normally call. If I didn't answer, he'd just click and go away. So when I listened to the voicemail, it simply said this. He didn't say, Hi, son, nothing like that. And he said, he said, son, the Lord spoke to me today about you. And this is what he is saying over you right now. And he said, Psalm 41, verses 2 and 3, he says, The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will, bless, he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him in his bed of illness, and he will sustain him on his sick bed. My dad continues, he says, I don't know what you're going through, but everything's gonna be alright. The Lord will sustain him on his sick bed. Now, all of us have different kinds of sick beds. You could have the sick bed of stress. Ever been so stressed out you couldn't get up in the morning? You could have the sick bed of illness, you could have the sick bed of, of frankly being sick and tired. You could have the sick bed of, I've just got too much going on in my world today. Anybody ever been there? You could have a sick bed of fear come over your life. A sick bed of disappointment. A sick bed of of just whatever it is. But the Bible says that God will sustain you. So I want to encourage you, next time you're having those feelings, come on, look to the Father who sustains us. Amen? Come on. You know, I've often thought about that day. And and my dad, he passed away six years ago. and, And I've wondered, you know, sometimes I think to myself, you know, what does it really mean that God will sustain me? And what does it really mean? Will he really protect me? Have you ever wondered those things? Will Will he really cause my enemies to fall at my feet and to serve me? Will he really heal me? A few years ago when I was going through a major physical issue, that was the question I was always asking. Is God, will you really come and heal me? I can tell you that chronic pain is incapacitating. And and I was in it and I was dealing with it. And I found it very difficult sometimes to just get up and have the willpower to get to the office. And I had an amazing staff, and they knew that I was going through this difficult time, and they would protect me, and they would, they would, they would help me get through my days. And and you know, they were used by God, honestly. And and then the day came when the Lord really did heal me, and and he used the doctor's hands to figure out what was wrong. And my life was restored. And I remember thinking, I've got another chance to do some things that I didn't do five years ago or six years ago because of the chronic pain. And I'm not going to mess up and not take advantage of it. Because, you know, the word of God is true. And the word of God is amen. And the word of God is forever And Jesus does care, and he does love us, and he does care about us, and he did die for us, and by his stripes we are healed, and he is our sustainer. He's everything that you need, everything you desire, everything you want is in him. I want you to read something with me, and this is Psalm 23, and I want to read it from the Passion Translation. Verse 1, it says, The Lord is my fierce protector and my pastor. I always have more than enough. He offers me a resting place in his luxurious love. His tracks take take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brooks of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. Come on, sometimes it's in those quiet moments with God that he wants to restore and revive your life. When Sandy and I lived up in Northeast Tacoma, our home had a uh, turret room on, on top. And if you don't know what that is, it's just, you know, it was a Victorian home. And there was a room up there that was just about maybe 10 by 10. And it was circular and had a view of the city and, and the little bit of the water. And, and it was just, it was a phenomenal quiet place. And we could go there and and I remember going up there, and I would just turn the music on. I had a little stereo up there, and I could just sit on the floor and listen to the music and listen to praise and study. And it was, it was the quiet place where I could get my soul restored. And, and man, that was just such a great time. And, and, you know, I encourage you to have a quiet place where God can restore you because you cannot get well in chaos. It's simple as that. And God wants to bring calm to the chaos. God wants to bring calm to your chaos. He goes on, he says that he opens before me pathways of God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. He says, Lord, even when your paths... Take me through the valley of the deepest darkness. Anyone ever been there? I want you to pay close attention to a word that's right there. I often quote this. It's, I've gone through something. You don't die unless you quit. And stay there. Don't camp in the valley of the deepest darkness. Go through it. He says that Fear is never going to conquer me, for you already have defeated fear. That's what, it, that's what the word says. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely because you are near me. And then he goes on to say, and I want to remind you, keep this in mind. You become my delicious feast And even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? Why would I fear the future? For I am being pursued only by your goodness and unfailing love. Then afterwards, when my life is over, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Come on. Can you give God a shout this morning? Come on. That's an amazing picture of what God is doing in our lives, if we allow him to. He wants to sustain us in our lives. The first sustaining power is the power to save us. The Bible says that, now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. What a powerful thought. How many of you have ever felt like you've been just lifted up out of your circumstance? And all of a sudden, in the middle of chaos, a peace comes over your life. I've known that peace. It's an amazing feeling when things go crazy. There's sustaining power to keep us. It's going to keep us safe. Going to keep us from, from harm. There's a sustaining power to heal. Have you ever been healed? Come on, you ever had the power of healing appear in your life? You know, many years ago we were we were facing some difficulties, and and uh, and Sandy had a, had you know what they thought was possibly ovarian cancer, and and we were going through some difficulties, and that's that's a scary time. I know. You know, that's a very difficult time because that's, that's a tough one. And they were going to do some exploratory surgery on her and do some things. And that morning, about 4 o'clock, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go by your church this morning and drop off a seed offering for her healing. And I said, well, Lord, what would you have in mind? And God said, $1,500. I mean, seriously, you know, the Lord spoke. He says, do this. And, and so I went by the church. Our office was over here on 54th at the time. We weren't in this building yet. This was about 1999 that this happened. In fact, it was 1999. It was our 18th anniversary. I'll never forget it. And um, I ran into the church. She was sitting in a car. I walked into the church. I said, Pastor, I'm, I'm planting a seed offering for Sandy's healing. And I folded it and handed it to him, and he opened it up, and he looked very surprised. But pleasant. Like, Wow. And, and we went off, went to the doctor, went to the surgery, and every test came back negative. Come on, every test came. Come on, give God the glory. Come on. You know, and, and you think about that. You know, What? first of all, my wife is worth way more than $1,500. I'm going to be serious with you. She's worth way more than $1,500. And I couldn't care less about that money today. And, and had there been something wrong, trust me, the doctor bills would have cost way more than $1,500. But I'll tell you this, I do not believe in using God as an insurance policy. I believe that God calls us to be consistent in our faith. In the good times, serve the Lord. In the bad times, serve the Lord. In the okay times, serve the Lord. If you will do that, he's going to take you to higher heights and deeper depths and greater things than you've ever imagined in your life. When I was a kid, you know, they would sing, you know, these songs. They were kind of funny songs. I remember this one that, you know, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Anybody sing that when they were a kid? Okay, I'm not going to sing it for you because it's really bad. Okay? Like... It wouldn't even make, you know, just, no, just don't do it. But I'll tell you something I learned from that song as a young man. And 911 was just kind of getting rolling where they actually, you know, had emergency services through the telephone. And I remember thinking as a young kid when we'd sing this song at youth group or whatever, thinking, I don't really think that's what God wants us to do, is only call him when we have an emergency. And if that's your pattern of behavior, That doesn't mean he won't answer you, but I can promise you something. You're going to have some very deep, dark times in your life because that's where you're going to stay. But I believe God called us to prosper. I believe God called us to live a life of greatness. God called us to live a life that's full of power, and he has endued us with power. He's endued us to overcome our circumstances through him. Amen? So we have the power to rescue, the power to increase us. Isaiah forty twenty nine says, he gives strength to the weak and increases the power to the weak. Ever felt weak? Ever felt like you needed something? Amen? He's power to protect us, power to provide for us. Amen? The Bible says this in Isaiah 60. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. (laughs) Think about that. Get a picture of that. We're living in some dark times right now, but the glory of the Lord is upon you. When there's darkness all around you and your light is shining, people are going to want to know, where'd you get that light? Amen? Be ready to share with them. Amen? My wife, she was born in September of 1965. 1965 was the last year of Jubilee. We're in one right now, and that was the last year, 1965. Significant year. Until she was 12, she was raised by a, a single mom. She's never met her dad. Never met her natural father. But she has a father. Amen? The best father ever. And and fortunately, she learned that lesson early on in life. And she became a Christian very early in life. But at 12, her mom married an alcoholic. And he was when he was drinking he could be a raging violent alcohol alcoholic and life changed forever at that point in time and but when she was about 14 she was walking home from school and and there was a creek out behind the apartment complex and and the lord spoke to her and he said you go down to that creek and so she did and and god said, take a drink, and she did, and he said, how does it taste? And she said, it's clean and it's pure. The Holy Spirit spoke to her, and he says, do you see the mud that that water is flowing through? You see the garbage all around this creek? He says, but the creek water remains clean and pure. He says, that can be you in the middle of your circumstances through me. Come on. Come on. Come on. That can be you in the middle of your circumstances through him. (laughs) What a picture of the grace of God. What a picture of the purity of God. And I tell you, young person, that can be you in the middle of your school. I tell you, older person in the middle of your career, that can be you in the middle of your career. We were telling that story. She was telling that story. We had, we had some friends over, Tam, and Tammy and Ted Barron's were over at our home a few months ago, and, and Ted said to Sandy, he said, so what was the thing that transitioned your life from where you were to where you are? And that was the story she told. Because that stuck with her forever. And on their way home that night, Tammy sent us this poem, and I thought, man, this is so, it's just good. And she, was just, she said she was just thinking about us on the way home, and she sent this poem to us. And it says this it says, The most beautiful people we have known are those that have known defeat known suffering, known struggle, known loss, have found their way out of the depths. These people have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people don't just happen. What a word. Beautiful people don't just happen. So I want to tell you this this morning. I'm gonna, we're going to close, and if the band would come. You know, I don't know what you, how you came in here today, and, you know, I don't even know if this is, this isn't a hugely deep word, but it's a, it's a word the Lord spoke to me a few months ago and said, preach this, and I'm obedient. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something that, you know, maybe... You're sitting here this morning and you're sitting here going, well, you know, I was just, I was a mistake. My mom and dad told me that or my mom told me that or whatever. Yeah, I can tell you this. Based on my experience, and I have a beautiful wife, she was never a mistake. And neither are you. You're not a mistake. Maybe you've gone through a divorce and somebody said you'll never recover from that. Oh, yeah, you can. Maybe... You're addicted to some things like drugs or alcohol or pornography and you just can't seem to overcome it. Oh, yes, you can. And maybe you've been abandoned, rejected, told that you're worthless, told that you'll never amount to anything. Oh, yes, you will. And maybe you've just made some big mistakes of your own. You know what? So what? We all have. I'm here to tell you this, that... The Bible says this, it says, Fear not, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Do not be dismayed. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the picture of the Holy Spirit grabbing you from whatever you're in right now and bringing you up out of it. And this morning as the band begins to play and, 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 and we're sitting here, I want you just to stand with me this morning. There was a picture this morning of the Holy Spirit meeting us right here at this altar. And I believe completely that God wants to release you this morning. He wants to release into us today his sustaining power. You know, at the Last Supper, Jesus did this. He said, the Bible says he took the bread and he broke it. On, are you feeling the Holy Spirit just entered this place right now? There's, a, there's an anointing coming right now. I want you to hear something, though. The Bible says that He took the bread and He broke it and He gave it to the disciples. And He said, Take, eat, for this is my body broken for you. And then it says, With the same manner, He took the cup and He gave it to them. He said, Take and drink, for this is my blood spilled out for you. You realize that food and drink are the very sustenance that we need to live physically. Well, the food and the drink of the Spirit of God is what you need to live spiritually, too. And this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that right here in this, at this altar this morning. But equally as important is if you're just struggling in your life and you've come in here hungry and thirsty for the power of God to break something off of you today, I want to tell you that there is a spiritual buffet down here today for you the the power of god will break off everything that binds you up, holds you back and contains your life. And I believe right now that there is there's an atmosphere that we've set here today through worship. There's an atmosphere that we've set here today with the word of god. He wants to break some things off of your life. And I don't care if you've been a christian 30 years, 30 minutes, 30 seconds, it doesn't matter. We all have struggles. We all have things that we go through. When I went through the difficulties I did, I could not lose sight of the fact that God had called me to do something great for him in his kingdom, and I would not be defeated. We have to have a mindset that says, I will not be defeated. The enemy is defeated. I will not be defeated. The enemy is defeated. I will not be defeated. Jesus said that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Come on, today, eat up. Come on, today, drink up. Come on, today, let some things get broken off of your life. Amen? So we're going to play, and as they play and sing, I want the altar workers to come, and and you just begin to fill this place this morning with, with praises to God. Cry out to Him this morning. Because he cares for us. Amen, church? God bless you this morning as we go. Come on, chew on that word today. God bless you. Amen.